Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Islanders Podcast. I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas, and everyone's enjoying their Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all the other holidays that go along with this wonderful time of year, and basically the year of 2019 coming to a close. We've still got a lot to talk about, even though the Islanders will not be on the ice again until tomorrow night, Friday night, when they are in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. We will still do a This Date in Islanders history, as the Islanders have played on December 26th before, and we'll break down one of those great games for you and bring back some memories. We'll also look back at 2019 in review and what has been an overwhelmingly positive campaign for the Islanders Uh, and talk a little bit about what this team needs to do to get back on track going forward because, you know, right before the break, Islanders showing some signs of inconsistency and that has got to be troubling to fans. Look, we know, we all know that the 17-game, you know, point streak is not the norm, that it's not going to last like that indefinitely that no team plays that well for that long without having a couple of stinkers kind of mixed in. But at the same time, you want to see a more consistent effort. And to me, it's not just what's been happening lately, but the way it's been happening lately, that as me, as an analyst, and certainly as a fan, concerned about where this team goes from here. Now, if you want to join the podcast if you want to uh, ask us a question, have a comment about something we talked about, or have something you want us to discuss, you can always email the show. The email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter. The Twitter handle for me, Ice Wars. N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. So it's at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. Also, please, if you're enjoying the podcast uh, and you want to help other Islanders fans find the podcast and, and get to listen to it, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a review on, uh, you know, whatever podcatcher you are listening to. Uh, leave a little review as well as a rating, and it'll help other fans find our podcast. 
All right, so let's take a look back at the year in review for the Islanders because as 2019 comes to a close, it's, you know, one of those things where we look back and, and sort of analyze it. And I think when you look back at this calendar year, it has been an overwhelmingly positive one for the New York Islanders. No, you know, no Stanley Cup, but at the same time, going into the 2018-2019 season, a lot of concern surrounding this team. They lost John Tavares to free agency, and nobody was quite sure how big of an impact his departure would have. He came in with a new general manager uh, in Lou Lamorello, a new coach in Barry Trotz, And while both of these people are proven winners in the world of the National Hockey League, you know, you never know what's going to happen once the team hits the ice. New coach, new GM, new philosophy, new way of playing, new style of playing the game because the old style just was not consistently working. And the Islanders responded in a way that really was extremely positive. You go back to last season, 48-27-7 on the year, 103 points. Good for second place in the Metropolitan Division. Now, most experts going into the year were picking the Islanders 6th, 7th, or 8th. Very few people expected this team to make the playoffs under the circumstances. And yet, the Islanders finished with 103 points ahead of the Rangers, Devils, Flyers, Blue Jackets, Hurricanes, and Penguins, and just one point behind the Washington Capitals, uh, a team that was the defending Stanley Cup champions coming into the season. And that, in and of itself, was a very positive development. And then you, you sort of look at the way the team cut down significantly on its goals against. That was key as well. And, you know, they last year brought in Robin Lehner. Not a lot of people knew what to expect from him, from mostly because of some of the off-ice issues that he had been having. It was clearly a one-year, take it, you know, prove it kind of contract for Lehner, and he certainly did prove it. Gave the Islanders an outstanding performance and goal over the course of the season teaming with Tomas Grice and the Islanders, you know, in addition to playing stout defense in front of that duo, uh, Lehner, a feel-good story, and he and Grice giving the team consistently good goaltending over the course of the year. And I think the fact that the Islanders responded so positively without John Tavares being available anymore. Look, you lose your captain, and let's face it, he was overall, the Islanders' best player. That's a void that has to be filled. And I think it was filled in a positive way. Having an experienced coach like Trotz definitely helped. And having, uh, I think the players kind of stepped up and realized, hey, we can't sit around and wait for someone else to do it. It's not like, okay, John's our best player. John Tavares is going to take care of this. No. Everybody sort of realized they had to step up, they had to be ready, and they did. Uh, I, I think that that was 
absolutely uh, one of the keys to how things went. Matthew Barzal also stepped up. He ended up leading the team with 62 points on the season. And look, you know, he had better statistics the previous year, but at the same time, he was the number two guy. And the top checking units were all facing Tavares. Now, Barzal was the number one guy, and it was important, very important, that he proved he could do it. So, again, looking back at this calendar year, uh, a very positive sign right there for the New York Islanders. All right, well, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we will have more of this review of the calendar year 2019. We have this date in Islanders history, and we'll also talk a little bit about what this team needs to do to get back on track to playing consistently solid hockey. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Another thing that I think Islander fans have uh, that was a landmark for them last year or in this calendar year, the Islanders return to the renovated Nassau Coliseum, play half of their home games there, including the home games during the first round of the playoffs, and that was big. Look, the Islanders' home is Long Island. That is where they have been based for most of their history. That is where most of the fan base is from. And look, you say what you want about Barclays. I think it's a very nice arena, but it is not built for hockey. And more importantly, in my opinion, it's just not convenient for Islanders fans to necessarily get to. So playing half those home games at the Coliseum, which is more like home for Islanders fans, is more convenient. And you can certainly, you know, start tailgating there again. All of that was a positive step for the Islanders this year. Add to that the approval and the groundbreaking of the new arena uh, in Elmont near uh, Belmont Park. I think that is overwhelmingly positive because it means that the Islanders will be returning to a, a location that is more convenient for fans than Brooklyn has been and is just overall a, a more positive situation, modern arena built for hockey, luxury boxes, amenities, all the things that you need. Uh, I think we're talking about a lot of positives right there. So a uh, lot to be thankful for and a lot of positive things happening for this team. The other big positive, of course, was at the end of the season. And the Islanders essentially qualify for the playoffs, which, again, not a lot of people expected. And in the first round, they faced the Pittsburgh Penguins, a rival, a team that they have faced in the playoffs many, many times, and a team that there is no love loss, let's face it, uh, between these two franchises. First two games at the Coliseum, and sellout crowds of 13,917. Islanders win 4-3 in Game 1, 3-1 in Game 2. Then they go back to Pittsburgh for Games 3 and 4 and win 4-1 and 3-1 to sweep the Pittsburgh Penguins in what had to be a truly exciting moment. And look, the Islanders have only won one other playoff series prior to that 
dating back to 1993 when they made that unexpected run to the conference final. And, you know, finishing second in the Metropolitan Division, qualifying for the playoffs, getting home ice advantage, playing games, playoff games again at the Coliseum, and then sweeping a rival like the Penguins. All big positives that happened to this team in April of this calendar year. Yeah, the second round series when you had home ice advantage was frustrating. The home games then played at Barkley Center in Brooklyn, and they lost both of those home games by one goal. The first one, a one nothing decision in overtime. The second one, two to one. Then they go to Carolina and are swept and eliminated. But overall, now that we have a little distance between the emotion of the moment, I, I think the positives for the playoff run far outweigh the negatives. This team got valuable playoff experience, got, you know, some players like Beauvillier and Barzal getting playoff games under their belts. And, you know, they surprised a lot of people. So overall, a positive. Then, of course, when you look back at this calendar year, the winning streak, uh, the 17-game the point streak, setting a new franchise record that took place in November of this year, adding to the success, proving that last year's finish really was not a fluke and showing that the Islanders under the leadership of Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello are going to be a young team that can be reckoned with for the foreseeable future. So overall, this calendar year, 2019, a very, very positive one for the New York Islanders. And here is a team that I I think has not just, you know, a, a bright, look back, but a very bright future as well, and have to be, you know, very happy about it. Look, Matthew Barzal right now leading the team in goals, leading the team in assists as well, and of course points. Brock Nelson, who put up solid numbers last year right behind him with 13 goals, still got Lee and Bavillier in double digits, and the Islanders, again, the other thing, you add Simeon Varlamov as a free agent. He has played very well overall in goal for the Islanders. And Varlamov and Grice are now a winning combination in goal. And then you're getting contributions from other players. Matt Martin brought back and been contributing. Uh, certainly, you're, you're getting solid play from a guy like Derek Brassard, who they added and didn't necessarily expect big offensive numbers from, but he's had a couple of very solid streaks. And then the way that the defensemen have all been contributing, whether it's Ryan uh, Pulak, Nick Letty, Devon Tay, Scott Mayfield, Johnny Boychuk, uh, or Adam Pellick, they all seem to be contributing at the right time. And I, I like the way this defense core plays, even though they don't, really have an elite superstar on the roster. And maybe that's another thing I really appreciate about this Islanders team. Yeah, there are first-line players, very good first-line players, but 
no superstars, really. Uh, it's a real team effort. And I think that that really does help this team do what they do and do it so well because they all know we all need to contribute. As Barry Trotz always says, we can't have any passengers. And most of the time, this team does not. All right, we're going to step aside for a brief minute. We'll be back with this date in Islanders history, and we'll talk about how the Islanders can bounce back from the little mini slump they're in right before the start of this holiday break. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we take you back to this date in Islanders history, December 26th, 1976. The site, Madison Square Garden in New York City, where the Islanders are ready to take on the New York Rangers. The Rangers, if you may recall, uh, wearing those old John B. Ferguson jerseys with the logo or the crest on the front there, as opposed to their traditional Rangers jerseys back then. Goaltenders in this one, Billy Smith. For the New York Islanders, Gilles Gratton, who later that year would wear what I still think is the most spectacular mask in NHL history, uh, his tiger mask or his lion mask. Uh, so it's Gratton against Billy Smith in this one. And the Islanders came into this game just two points behind the Philadelphia Flyers for first place in the Patrick Division. The Rangers were just two points behind the Atlanta Flames for the final playoff spot in the division. And both goalies doing an excellent job throughout this game. In the end, Bob Nystrom gets the Islanders on the board, scoring on a two-on-one breakaway. And that made it one nothing Islanders in the second period. But just a few minutes later, Bill Goldsworthy, who was a former Minnesota North Star now playing for the Rangers, he manages to beat Billy Smith and tie the game at one. That's how it was after 40 minutes. But in the third period, Gary Howitt comes through for the Islanders. Uh, scores from about 20 feet out off a nice setup by defenseman Pat Price. And the Islanders end up with a 2-1 victory over the Rangers at the Garden 42 saves for Batlin Billy Smith in this contest. And here's the quote from Islanders Hall of Fame coach Al Arbor after the game. Fans in this area should consider themselves lucky to have two teams like these and can see them as much as they do. This date in Islanders history, December 26th, 1976, Islanders beating the Rangers at the Garden, final score of 2-1. to one. All right, let's take a little look right now at what the Islanders need to do. You go back over the last few games, and it's just been frustrating. I don't think there's any other way to put it that, you know, since the road trip that they took out to California, the Islanders have not been playing consistent hockey the way they were previously. And again, like I said, the winning streak is not going to be the norm. But at the same time, 
when you look at things, giving up seven goals in 31 minutes to the Nashville Predators at home, not what you expect from an Islanders team coached by Barry Trotz, losing 8-3. Giving up six goals to the Anaheim Ducks uh, in a shootout loss, again, not what you expect from this Islanders team. And then losing 3-2 at home against a Columbus team that is well behind you on the, in the standings. And again, the one thing in common in these three losses in the last four games really has been that the Islanders have been making sloppy plays in their own zone and have been just not sharp with the puck. They're scoring more often, uh, a little bit, especially in the Anaheim game. And they got a key win in Boston in between these three losses that we're talking about. But the goaltending hasn't been as sharp. And I think the three days off that this holiday break gives us will be helpful both to Varlamov and to Tomas Grice. And also to rest some of these players who are struggling a little bit right now as far as injuries are concerned. And look, missing Cal Clutterbuck is definitely a factor. And I think Barry Trotz needs to sort of figure out how to make up for that loss, who to insert into the lineup, uh, along with Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis to make that fourth line go. I could certainly see a number of different possibilities, whether it's, um, you know, Kuhnhackel, Koivula, or Ross Johnston, those to me, or Leo Komarov, those to me are the the main candidates. And you may see those players sort of alternate, uh, more or less, when they, uh, you know, come back into action. And look, you look ahead, uh, three road games coming up before the team returns home January 2nd at Chicago, at Minnesota, at Washington, uh, and that Washington game is probably the biggest of the three. It's a matinee on New Year's Eve day. And, uh, of course, we will break down these and all other Islanders games for you throughout the season. But as far as what's going on now, if I'm Barry Trotz, it's back to basics. Reinforce the play in your own zone, most of all. And remind these guys that the reason they win so many hockey games is that they take care of business in their part of the ice first. If they can do that and regain the confidence that they have in their own zone, that's going to be the key to getting back on the right foot if you're the New York Islanders. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Again, hope everybody is enjoying this holiday season. We will be back tomorrow with our regular Friday show. We'll have this date in Islanders history. And of course, we'll have a full preview of the Islanders game in Chicago against the Blackhawks. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.